What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Durr, and in today's show, Dorge and I are talking about crossbows. Now, let me be upfront here. I know absolutely zilch about crossbows, but I do think it's something important to know for myself. I'm surrounded by some folks that do shoot crossbows, and I need to learn the functionality. I need to learn the limits, and I need to learn everything that I can about crossbows. This conversation was pretty eye-opening for me. George broke down a lot of great information. I think it's something everyone should know. I think crossbows are a great tool to introduce folks to the outdoors or to keep folks in the outdoors. I recently just had an experience with my girlfriend's crossbow that we had an issue and I had no idea how to fix it or what to do. And if that would have happened to us in the field, we would have been screwed. So I took it upon myself to get educated and Dorge is the man to learn from. So in this episode, I hope you guys learned something. I hope you guys are having a fantastic bow season throughout the country. The best hunting is yet to come. And with that being said, let's get into the podcast. Well, all right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed the most recent uh, podcast with George and I. We had Tony Warden on, breaking down some really good information. And today I'm just sitting down with George. We're going to start talking about some crossbow things this morning. George, how you doing? I'm doing quite fine. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good, man. The temperature this morning, I don't know how it is for you in Illinois, but we got some frost over here. It's feeling like fall. Yes, it is. But it did. see, I went out on opening day. As I say, the only thing that draw blood, I think, is mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the challenge with early season. I know. I mean, you have to do morning. Evening hunt is just not the deal. Yep, especially like right today, for example, the morning temperature is 34 degrees, and then in the afternoon it's going to be 65. So if you're going to get after in the morning, it's the time to do it. Yes, I agree. Like last time I went to the moment, the moment the sun goes down, those those blood sucking birds start attacking me, <laughs> and I can't run fast enough. <laughs> do you use a thermosel? Um, I I do, but I don't because when I usually when I was so high, it's usually the problem. The problem usually when I climb all the way down and try to put put back my tree lounge on my back, that four minutes is where I got attacked. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you're, if you're open to it, I have a hot tip for you on a product that you can use that will keep the mosquitoes away from you. Well, I would definitely listen. It's uh, it's called Picaridin. It's a lotion or a spray that Sawyer's, the company Sawyer's makes, and it has replaced the thermosel for me a hundred percent. I put the lotion well, on give, and it's, I'll give it go. a shot. It's worth it. Because see, I, I don't like thermosel because the, when I first got it, I just think it just refuse. They're worse than it's worse than my 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 whopper ethic. <laughs> <laughs> they just eat away my dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that I'm telling you that lotion. I'll, you should give it a shot. But anyway, I mean, just like just like ahead. skin so soft and make all the thing for me when I do fishing. I cannot believe it. at least no seam is not on me. Yeah, but they do not work after when you salt water spray yourself. Well, anyway, yeah. well let's talk about the the interesting thing. As a lot of people. Want to talk? I mean, a lot of people comment on my website, uh, on my on TV, and say they want us to talk about one of the biggest growing sector of archery, crossbow. 
As a matter of fact, I remember in in uh, two thousand and eight. I remember when when uh, uh, when the PSC rep of of in, uh, Indiana and Ohio and Indiana and Ohio told me they sell more crossbow than they sell vertical bow. That's back in two thousand and eight. So now today, I can tell you, so many of my friends who do vertical bow, they did both. Vertical bow is for personal enjoyment. The crossbow is what put meat on the freezer. But in some cases, I think the crossbow of how they grow for the last few years really change the dynamics. I mean, a lot of people may not know the US government have paid PSC to design a technical crossbow. And I think that's what changed a lot. And it really, really makes a difference of what crossbow do today than most people are aware of what they can do. Sure. Yeah. I think I fall into that category. Um, I was just making a joke. I, I think I broke my girlfriend's crossbow, uh, this past weekend, we were trying to get it shot. And, um, I don't, I, I know as much about crossbows as I do about elephants. I know that they exist and that's about it. Um, <laughs> I've, I've never shot one. I've never held one. So I guess, um, there is a demographic that kind of writes them off. And I'm sure a lot of my listeners have already turned this off because they don't want to hear about crossbows, but maybe we'll reach a new demographic as we talk about this. So um, I guess you mentioned the, the U S government asked PSC to design a technical crossbow. What was that for? What was that? Uh... Well, actually is to, uh, is to provide a training platform so that they can use the AR lower so that they get the feel of how the trigger behaves. So instead of firing ammunition, they'll be firing crossbows, arrows. So the idea is to have the, have the trigger feel. And PSC did a really good job on the Tech 15 because like the original Tech 15 actually got an AR lower. Sure. Well, I think it's, a, I guess a good place to start is let's take a 30,000 foot view and look at the pros and the cons of the crossbow platform. What would, well, be, that, what would be the pros and the cons? Well, actually, if you look at the crossbow platform, as a, it's a 30,000 view. First of all, you understand the crossbow is not a single platform, but it's a multiple level of platforms. It is not, it's pretty much as, as varied as vertical bow. What do you call a vertical bow? You can look at a stick bow, which is nothing more than something your, your Walmart's $35 plastic fiberglass with a piece of bamboo, all the way to your your high-end Yamaha competition bow, or of course, in right in the middle, is your normal Matthew Hoyt, that kind of bow. The same thing with crossbow. Right now, I mean, I think the highest end at this moment, I would have given it, at this moment, I would have given it to the 10 point, not the Raven 500. And the lowest end, of course, you look at your, uh, your finger hut Walmart special, 250 to $300, you got a crossbow scopes and three arrows. Yes, those are actually arrows. Because if you really look at a, the, the definition of a boat, is actually, if you look in the history, is a sort of sem, is a metal projectile with no veins. That's what the original crossbow boat. I mean, if you look in the history, the original crossbow, a rapid fire crossbow, go all the way to the first emperor of China from the forbidden tomb. They are able to get 10 arrows out rapidly with two persons. Wow. Those are close to about 11 to 12 ounces in the current measurement, each arrows. Those are armor piercing bolts. Wow, that's pretty <laughs> impressive. Yeah, that's what, 
2,400 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and just for fun, do you know what the best armor known to mankind is? No. At that time? Paper. Paper? Yes, it's not plate. It's paper. Explain that. If you got a piece of metal and you somebody shoot you with a crossbow arrow and you got the same amount in weight in paper, the paper wins every time. So if you are wearing armor in the in the in the field and somebody shooting you with a crossbow bolt that is about six to eight ounces, you will not survive with armor, but you will survive with paper. Because of the layers? Layers and because of weight. Imagine you carry the same amount of weight in paper compared to paper. metal. Yeah. Yes. And you will not penetrate because paper will stop. When metal penetrates, you will keep going. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it, was a pretty, uh, it was a really fun show I watched. Uh, you, some of the, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm a history buff if you haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially definitely. on the, yeah, you know, in crossbow, there was one thing a lot of people do not understand. The current crossbow we have, have as you can see, is so diverse. From, I would say right now, if you really try to buy yourself a top of the line, fully decked out crossbow, you're going to go drop about six grand. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then up to the cheapest one, you can say finger hard, well, you're looking at two or three hundred bucks. It's just like cars. The cheapest car you can buy is a, if you can find one, a used Yugo for 200 bucks all the way to a, a super high-end sports car and then you drop 10 grand without knowing, but 10 mil without knowing why. Sure. But the truth is somewhere in the middle that everybody use. So for, I would say, I actually end up using crossbow because after what two shoulder surgeries and the rehab not successful on my left, I don't really have much of a choice. But it's just like a lot of people, they go into their 50s, 60s, or even earlier than that. And um, crossbow become an option. Or the other option is that you no longer hunt, which for me, that is even not an option. But then, which I, at this moment, I want to advise everybody who hunt, if you think you are strong, just think about it. Yours truly should have 80 pound Oneida for 12 years. It was a mistake. Stick with 70 and below. You will get to regret it. Yes, you are strong right now in your 20s, 30s, or 40s, but you're going to pay for it. Don't. <laughs> sure. Yeah, my dad's in kind of that scenario where he's he's getting up to there where he keeps telling me he's going to have to start using a crossbow pretty soon. But I yeah. think it's I think it's a great platform for I think it's a great option for kids, um, people with disabilities and folks who have have grown older that can no longer do it and keeps them in the game or gets people introduced to the game to the sport of hunting. I think it's a great option for that. Well, actually, to be fair or not, the number one crossbow users are not kids are not older people. Guess who they are? Middle 40s. <laughs> No, ladies. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, sure. A lot of people, they, how many times do you think about, oh, I'm going to move my niece, my nephew, my wife, my girlfriend to go hunting. And they don't really have the time. I got a good place. I got a nice ground line. I'm going to go there and chit-chat and spend time with them. What do you think they end up with? A crossbow, sure. A crossbow. Yeah. My girlfriend, exactly. she's in that boat. <laughs> exactly. And people don't think about it. And so in some ways that everybody should learn about crossbows. Because at least have some idea. Just like some people who don't like motorcycles say, well, I never get one. Well, some of your friends do. 
Sure. But eventually you should learn something about it. It's part of archery. Otherwise, just like I got so many crossbow idiot customers. Yes, that's a better word to say it because they don't know anything about it. And the worst part is that unlike you, at least they they don't ask. Yeah. They just go for it. Sure. I mean, the the new generation of crossbow, they are designed with this philosophy. You shoot the arrow at a target 40 yards or 30 yards or 20 yards and you shoot two shots. They go and kill a deer. You then you put the crossbow away for one year. So the entire thing shoot for three times and do it on occasion. It's even less than what you put a Christmas tree. It's like you got a nice Christmas ornament on Christmas. They all look so cute. Then after that, you put <laughs> it away for next year. That's pretty much what the current crossbows, 90% of them, I would say, is in that category. That's the reason a lot of people go into the thinking process of think, I would design a crossbow for about 30 shots before something needs to be changed. Oh, so that's actually the thought press thought process on the design of them? Some of them, you can see that that is exactly how the thinking process is. Interesting. So let's let's uh, let's do that that pros and cons um, mark there. But let's use like a middle of the road. Let's say that I am myself. I'm going mm-hmm. to the archery shop and I have a thousand dollars to spend, and I can either buy a flagship compound bow or I can mm-hmm. buy a thousand dollar crossbow. What would I get? What would the benefits be to going with the crossbow? See, in today's world, if you spend $1,000, first of all, you won't touch any of the flagship vertical bow because you're going to need about $3,000 to do that. I mean, bare bow. Like, I'm just talking about I know, and, and, even bare bow. Look at it. I mean, right now, you can't even find a decent bow under $1,200. That's bare. That's without any accessories. But remember, when you buy a vertical bow, you end up with just a riser. You end up with sight, rest, quiver, arrow. But when you when you go to say Walmart or any place, when you buy a crossbow package, you're ready to shoot. I mean, you know, like in the middle of the road, there's quite a few packages out there. Like, I mean, Ricky Rich makes some, uh, Killer Instinct Rex takes some. But what happened is that in the crossbow market, that 500 to 1,000, that is your absolute sweet spot. Most people make that. Anytime you go above that is where I would say luxury and performance come into play. And not to mention, the repeatability. But this year, I think a lot of companies are pushing for the $1,600, which is the new $1,000. So you'll find out a lot of packages are pretty much in the $1,600 range. That's a better well, Yeah, that's a better number. Yeah, because that's where a flagship vertical bow is. But see, the difference between the most expensive and cheapest is the accessories. I think just like I always said, what's the difference between a Sienna CE and a Sienna XL Limited? The Sienna CE, that means you get the same frame, same engine, same door, everything for 23, 24,000. While you've got a Sienna XL Limited, you're looking at 62,000. So you're looking about 300% difference in price. This is where a lot of people really do not understand crossbow, crossbow. Just like, just like buying guns. Do you spend the money on the bullets? You spend the money on the gun or you spend the money on the reload or you spend the money on all of them? All of them. Yep. See, that's where the expensive part is. That's the reason when you really, really, really get into, say, like uh, the military grade crossbow. Uh, yes, I'm talking crossbow that we shoot through a class three safety vest at 120 yards with 30 miles per hour wind within one inch group, that kind of deal. Yes, you did hear me right. It'll go through a class three safety vest while a normal boot 30 or six can't. That's because crazy. of th- 
No, no, think about it. A 30 or six, how heavy is the, the, the bullet? If you've got a class three safety vest, and my understanding of a class three is that anytime you go into non plated armor, that means still we're talking uh, 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 um, Dyneema blocks. We haven't even got any metal or ceramic plate yet. So just below that. So it's very comfortable armor. So you think about you, you get to have about in the crossbow area. Everybody go with that standard 400 grain. That's where a lot of things go wrong. Because you find out that they really are for an entire air, uh, crossbow arrow. That's from back to the front. My personal opinion is about 470. Is that, that including be, a, a field tip or a broadhead? Yep, that's including everything. Okay. Uh, unless you see, of course, some of the, the newer generation, super cheap, warm my finger head crossbow, they actually shoot 18 or 16 inch bolts. Those are, in my opinion, price the price driven piece because everything is so small. Can they kill a deer twenty five yards? Absolutely, and they are in the three to four hundred price range. They are simple. They're straightforward. They will do the job. Just like if you pick up a bamboo or a nice piece of cedar, can you make a bow and kill a deer? Answer is absolutely yes. But you pretty much have the damn good, and the luck has to be on your side. Yeah. But that's how a lot of people view. In the old days of archery, luck had played a bigger role and stealthiness also. Yeah. I mean, just like American Indian, I remember the reading about it, the distance between American Indian killing a bison, the average distance is four feet. Because they are riding the horse, running next to the bison and shoot it with a bow that is about 24 to 36 inch maximum tip to tip. So with that in mind, I mean, that is pretty much give you the idea of the first generation crossbows. Because if you look at a crossbow, you need to go into the brands, which is your Excalibur, your Barnett. Those are your original, original crossbow brands. And then we have the company like Channing, PSE come with it. And then crossbow in some way, a lot of people think it's just like a gun. In some way with the new generation crossbow, when the gun part is said, it is true on the firing side, but it's not true on the projectile and how the projectile behave. Sure. So technically, the only firing side is where a lot of people say is a benefit of not practicing because the need of geometry and form of a human body is no longer part of the equation. Sure. Because you think about it, when you do your vertical bow, what's the number one thing everybody talk about? Practice. Your form, your geometry, you practice to get your form correctly. But trust me, you know how many people come to my shop and they pull the bow back? You saw like, that's the way you shoot the bow? <laughs> 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 yes, it was that bad. But see, with crossbow, at least you eliminate that section. Mm -hmm. But then uh, until, I would say until Scorpion back in 2006, seven come with the LDT-165, your average crossbow distance should be around 35 to 40 yard maximum. Because the power is not there, the arrow design is not there, just like in the old, I mean, I literally, in, I remember in Pennsylvania show, some guy come to me and told me I was the most unethical person he have ever met in his life. Because I told people that with the correct equipment, they can shoot up to 100 yards with, with confidence. He said no archery should more than 30 yards. And I, I don't have to tell you, with your ability, with your arrow, with your bow, 
taking a deer at 65 yards is a non-issue. Sure. And if you have practice, I mean, just like you can see Olympic gold medals, Ron White, he have, pick, he have, uh, he have show he can shoot a target within two inch at 140 yards in 20 miles per hour wind every time. Yeah. So I think it's ability and the equipment had to combine. I remember vividly, Rod White told me when he won the Olympic gold medal, he said that day he was not the best. There's three people better than him, except all three have shitty and non-tuned equipment. <laughs> That's exactly what he told me. I said, what? He said, those guys in that caliber and they don't have to tune the equipment. I said, it's incredible. The fact is that that is more true than you know. As a matter of fact, uh, after you've been with me, I don't have to tell you how many times I look at somebody's equipment with you and say, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. 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 That happens a ton. It's kind of, it's actually kind of scary when you, when you think. Yeah. About it was so sad, but at the same time, and people think, oh, well, you can't be that wrong with crossbow. Now think about it. Theoretically, your form is no longer an issue, but the whole thing about bows still apply because the, um, on, on, I'm the group, we need to speak crossbow in two sections. The traditional crossbow, that means that your, your bow with no wheels and the, the bow with compound crossbows. We need to put that into two different categories for now. Because on a traditional straight line, like your Excalibur, your, uh, I forgot the other one, they all use just a string. In other words, everything is on the limb. That kind of crossbow is simple, but the efficiency is not there. If you put enough power, you work. I mean, it's easy to maintain, but it's freaking loud. How many feet per second are you going to get out of something like that? Well, um, uh, if you push for the limit, you're looking at about, on the actual usage, between 375 to 415. I mean, can you make it lighter? Yeah, you can shoot a 375 ring arrow, then you may be pushing to a 425. But then it's like, how fast can you drive a Honda Accord? I mean, just like you throw all the interior away, you travel buses, supercharger it, light it. I mean, yes, you can do some crazy things. But if you do it in the production environment or consumer environment, again, those are not long lasting. Same thing with vertical, but with the compound crossbow. Can you buy something like a thousand dollar normal crossbow if you go over 400 feet per second? Tony will tell you some of those crossbow within five, within five shots, some screw somewhere on that bow is coming out. That's pretty incredible. Yes, this is incredible. For this reason, a lot of crossbow, you really do not want to shoot more than a few times. I mean, I will come and say it. On, on see, my experience for all the testers, I got three different testers to test for me. Like with the new Raven 29, but with the older Raven 29X, you got 25 to 30 shots before the cable change. Yeah, so that's a that's interesting. I just had, so remember I told you I, I think I broke my girlfriend's crossbow? Well, mm -hmm. I had a Bowtech come take a look at it because I was like, I don't know anything about these. And he told me that uh, the cables will probably need replaced next year. And I was like, she shoots it like four times a year. And he was like, yeah, next year you'll probably want to replace them. And she asked me, he was like, how, how often are you supposed to replace those? And I was like, I don't like a compound bow. You do it every two, three years. Like you can get no, a no, lot no, of no. shots see, out of them. You see, wait, for the Raven R29X is every 25 shots. 25 shots. And how much is a set of cables? 
I think Raven charged uh, about 100. Damn. So that, that kind of like <coughs> discourages people from even practicing. <coughs> the whole idea is so you don't need to practice. Remember I said, you, bring, you bought the bow, you shot a target 30 yards, you make two shots, great. Go and kill a deer, put the bow in the shop. Next year, you talk about it all year long. You, you know, you don't shoot about the crossbow, you talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> then next year, you change the cable, you shot two shots, make sure it's good, and you're going to kill a deer. And the whole, whole thing process. Oh, you know, actually, it's very much like some of the Matthew bows. You talk about it next year, you buy a new one, you sell whatever <laughs> you have to your friend, and then you start a new bow, and you make two shots, and then you kill a deer, and then you talk about it all year long. That's no, fair. that is that is the that is a lot of true mentality. I mean, those I remember when I was in Gander Mountain, one of my buddies who was the manager in Gander Mountain back then. He said every year you got a few customers come in. You say, "Oh, get me the latest ADB two bows and so on." When a guy go to the campsite, the only thing you do about talk about is go there and talk about hunting and drink. Yeah, all this equipment just sit there. No, I'm not joking. This is how a lot of go and go hunting money got spent. So, that, but let's go back to the topic of uh, crossbow. If you really, really, really want to enjoy crossbow, what a crossbow can do, just like the way you really enjoy compound bow. In my personal opinion, there's about three crossbow in the market you can buy and really enjoy shooting it night and day nonstop. There's about three of them. Otherwise, the others, I won't even bother. What are those three? Uh, the first one I would say is the Scorpion Deathstalker, any of them. I personally prefer the 380, but you know, just like everything else, that's the base model. I, I mean, that's the number one I sell the most in my shop. People come, I told them to go and get a used one, come to me, I'll put it together. At the end of the day, they end up with a crossbow about $3,000 after they bought the crossbow for 1000 but then they got a crossbow they can shoot literally thousands of times a year and for the next five to ten years. I mean, I remember Dan Merchant told me with one of his crossbow, with my crank, he put 15,000 shots in East uh, 14 months. Can you imagine if you shoot a Raven, need that kind of shot, how much money are you pay for cables? Oh, yeah. The second crossbow, I think, is one of the best. If people like their shot platform, is the Raven R10, but that require about a thousand dollar upgrade again. And the third one for people with no brainer is the old K Max. That's a really good crossbow, about three, four, 390 feet per second. Those three crossbow you can buy and if you enjoy, you would shoot like 20, 40, 100 shots per day. Those are the only three crossbow I know of that can do the job. Wow, yes, that, you did hear me right. That's mind blowing to me. You spend that much money on it, and mm -hmm. outside of those three bows, you can shoot it five times a year. No, maybe thirty. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, you can see how many people actually shot. Like, like they say, oh, let me enjoy shooting this afternoon. After about, I mean, yeah, it's like the Raven R26. Without my cable system, you look at about 130 shots. Then the cable starts to stretch. With my cable system, you're pushing 400. Wow. Yeah, but remember, most people who treat crossbows, their shots are counted with one hand. Yeah. For the whole season. Oh, they missed. So they put another one, they shot. Usually two or three shots, they finally get the deer, and then the whole thing goes into the case. Yeah, that's, that's, in, 
I, I just don't, I can't wrap my head around that mindset. I just can't. I, can't, I mean, I know well, it's, that's, that's, that's the way how, it is. First but. of all, the, you need to understand most people who should cross post do not really, the whole idea is that I'll pay for it. I don't have to practice, which is a mistake because the, unless you only shoot 20, 30 yards, but most of the deer are taking that distance with the vertical ball. But the, the good thing about a crossbow is that your, your geometry is absolutely guaranteed. So now the only thing left is that as long as your equipment is right, but then that's where the problem is. Most people don't really understand crossbow equipment. Like I got a customer walking into my shop but last Friday and the bow keep blowing up twice. That's what he claimed when he go home. I finally say, can you bring everything you have to my shop? Sure enough, he got a cracked bent knock on his crossbow. So how do you expect it to shoot right? Yeah, I think that's what that's where the problem comes in for me. How can you really understand it if you only shoot it twice a year? Well, in most cases, when you buy from a brand new box, you put everything together, you only shoot 20, 30 yards. Technically, everything in the market now will do the job. I mean, it's not like it's not like the tampon did like 15 years ago. When you buy a tampon bow, the scope, everything is in pieces. Then you put it together, then you need to put about 15, 20 shots to get it sighted in. I mean, like today, the company actually make a box big enough to put everything together. They come in, out, oh, it's already good. One shot sight in, you go and kill a deer 20 yards, you're home. But then, do you really need 515 feet per second to kill a deer? <laughs> but then, and ask quick, quick question, a lot of people with crossbow in their class, what kind of target do you think you're going to need to stop it? Oh, man, you got to spend some money. Not just that. How many? How much kind of arrow do you think will recover from it and able to use it again? Yeah, that's a good point too. We had a we had a buddy of mine that his dad shoots crossbow and he brought his crossbow target over to us, and mm -hmm. um, a friend of mine was shooting his arrows and he shot into that crossbow target and it broke his broadhead with a compound mm -hmm. bow, like with a compound mm -hmm. bow it broke his broadhead. Because you know, it's just like when you big buy those uh, like three hundred dollar packages. Yeah, everything is so marginal. When the day you, I mean, just remember the, the biggest buck out of Ohio was killed with a crossbow too. <laughs> so yeah. crossbow do have its place, but a lot of things are the people, they need to spend some time to learn about what crossbow is. But if your idea is to just to kill something in 25 yards and shoot three shots, I would say you're better off getting something like three, 500 to $1,000 and be done with it. Unless you really, really want to enjoy this. But then I got a lot of people who spent close to four grand with the with the Orion scope. No, no, with, with the it's Orion. No, no, it's the uh, uh, yeah. I think it's called the. No, it's not Orion. It's the um, you know, it's the it's from Garmin. Garmin got one, and they uh, there's about three of them. It's automatic ranging. You know, when you start looking at a thousand dollar scope, three thousand dollar crossbows. And you only shoot a few shots. That's, that seems excessive. Yeah, it seems silly to me. It just doesn't. I don't. I can't. Uh, I'm not balling like that. I'll tell you that. My pockets aren't deep enough for that. Well, but then you, you think about it, it's like the guy who just spends a 17 grand for a rifle, four grand for a scope, and you only make four shots and say, "Oh, this is the best gun I have," and put it into its case. So, I mean, for them, that's what they want to do. But you need to understand when most people buy crossbows, you really, really want to enjoy shooting targets. As I say, besides that three crossbow out there, 
all the others are just how do I say accident way to happen. That's a shame. It is a shame. I There's mean, so many people it, using it. Yep, yeah, but see, but at the same time, if they only intention is go and shoot two, three deers, two deers in one season, it's like a customer of mine. He was really serious. He shot about fourteen deer with his crossbow. But then, when before you know me, say I always change four sets of cables for my raven in one season. But that's what you need to do. Yeah, that's incredible. So um, let's talk some brass tacks here. Let's get down to some some uh, comparison. And mm-hmm. so, what would you say are let's let's talk in generalities here. Like majority mm-hmm. of people are using X crossbow at X price range. What are the mm-hmm what are the shortcomings to the limitations of that crossbow platform? Cause I feel it's like I, mm-hmm, it's identical to vertical bow. Okay. That's First what I wanted all, you to say. Yeah. It is identical to vertical bow because guess what happened? It is not the bow. It is not the crossbow. It's a projectile game. Imagine this. If you just like you have learned about arrow indexing. Now imagine up the speed by a third up the power by double. What do you think the arrow indexing mean at this moment? Oh, it's way more critical. Exactly. I mean, yes, your form is good. The launching platform is good. But if the arrow is not indexed, the arrow will not perform. In other words, now imagine you put a broadhead on it. It's even worse, isn't it? Yep. That's the reason you find out that 90% of people who should crossbow who are not doing what they're doing end up with the mechanical broadheads. Because yeah. they can't really shoot a vertical. I mean, even a vertical bow, the moment you pass 300 feet per second, the broadhead design and how the, the arrow indexing, the broadhead indexing all become critical. Mm-hmm. In the case of crossbow, that is even more critical than most people have recognized. They thought that, oh, the, the machine is going to be 100% re- repeatable for what happened to arrow to arrow difference, from arrow to arrow where the index direction the vein positions. I mean, think about it. Now you're looking at really par- way past 315 feet per second, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You're st- I mean, that's your minimum. Right. So what do you think the aerodynamics is going to be? It needs to be pretty on point. Yes. So unless you simply go 100% full drag and then increase that. That's the reason a lot of people do crossbow. The first thing you do, they increase the funnel center to the point of extreme. To make it slow. To make it slow. No. First of all, crossbow can't go that slow. So you have directional control. So okay. the fund is able to drag the arrow to where they need. Okay. That's the reason you find out lately a lot of people start using super heavy brass insert, heavy instant stainless steel insert, and they go 125, 150 broadheads in yep. mechanicals for that exact reason. I mean, think about it. If you think about what vertical and crossbow, the moment you think of the, the launching mechanism, the rest is still an arrow. Yeah, but the the beauty of them is that crossbow arrows are shorter, so the spine deflection is supposedly less. But think about it: how many of us were able to pull a two hundred and twenty pounds? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No. But then that's just get crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So out of the the package, like when you when you buy crossbow bolts and see, like I said, I know nothing about this, but you buy a pack of crossbow bolts. They come in a set of three, and they're fletched for you. They got the knocks on them already. How accurate um, is the indexing on those packages? Is it the same? It doesn't as like, exist. Okay. The same, same as vertical, but it doesn't exist. Yeah. But then 
depends on how the bow was used. How the see, this is a part a lot of people forgot. The moment you look at any crossbow that do not have a rail, or the rail is incomplete, like the scalper, like the scalper death stalker, everything about knock and string connection in vertical bow applies. Mm -hmm. That's the reason, you know, we have find out we make a bunch of knocks. As a matter of fact, out of the 17 knocks we made, 12 of them are crossbow knocks. Yeah. In I the old days, there's only one. Half moon. Yeah. You know, the half moon is all, half moon or flat is what people have. But when you, when you move the speed higher, that's not good enough. You need to now full containment. You need to engage. I mean, just like I wrote a very rigid article about how a vertical, uh, how a crossbow not need to behave on the space on the design on a crossbow, and I will I will say that again because so many people make the mistake. If you got a crossbow that is a full rail, the knot that clip onto the crossbow must not hold the string. That means the string and the knot must be at least five thousands of room. You know why? I don't. I'll I'll explain to you because I figured you would say that. Think about it. If your knock and string is absolutely perfect, as you shoot the bow, can you guarantee, I mean, the cam are 100% identical, but can you guarantee the power stroke of the limbs to be 100% on every single inch identical? I would imagine so. So if they are not identical at that moment, when the knock is clicked straight to the string with a super sharp angle, as the cam and left and right are not 100% perfect, the knocks are riding the rail left and right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then the arrow no longer on the rail. And so what ha what happens to it when it's when it has it, that five thousand? You, you end up with about five inch at about thirty yards difference. Really? Five to yep. The moment you at that moment you change to a knock that do not clip onto the string, but hold on to the string about five thousand, the arrow will be in same hole. Wow. That's that big a difference. Yeah. But then that said, if you say now you move into a non-rail crossbow like a Raven or like the original Jennings Devastator or the or the Scopper Death Stalker, because there's no rail there. So the arrow is not guided by the rail. The arrow have to have the arrow is held by the arrow rest. So you need an anchor point. This time you absolutely need to clip the knock string. So say if the knot the string is 155,000, then you need to clip it with 152,000. So you need a 3,000 to 5,000 hold on it. Sure. So now, just like imagine, can you imagine you got a string loop, that knot of your string loop is moving up and down about two to 3,000. What do you think your accuracy would be? It's gonna suck. You don't have one. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what happened to a lot of crossbow guys. And yes, a lot of people in Raven, they, 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 at the same time, there's another way to sort of overcome it, is to make the, make the bow narrow and narrow and narrower. Just like, you know, one of the narrowest crossbow is Raven R18. The crossbow is around five inch wide. What? I'm looking yes. this up. Raven R18. Jesus. <laughs> 1500 See, bucks. Yep, that's, that's what a lot of people are buying right now. Because they sing this narrow. I mean, you really look like a rival in some way. But yeah, uh, I personal oh. I personally don't like that design because I'm thinking somebody's gonna have that forehead knocked. Look at how the limb behave. It's got a red dot on it. So what happened if the if the string broke? 
Oh, geez. Well, yeah. with the Limby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you yeah, don't have to be come back and hit you right in the head. Yeah, isn't that, that would be great? If they design it right, anything is possible, but I won't be the one with testing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, man. Crossbows seem like more dangerous as well than than a compound bow is that would that be an accurate assessment no some of the crossbow design make it more dangerous than a compound bow that's the right statement okay because he like the way the scoper designed it with the reverse draw reverse cam that's no danger in it i mean oh. like the traditional excalibur or like the tampon traditional brickridge design those are very very reliable comfortable but when you start pushing everything to the limit and put it in a just like do you really want to give a brand new for uh, a a a very seasoned well-tuned ferrari to a kid that just got his license that's pretty much what you're doing in some of the product and i think that is a that's a that's a mistake yeah that can deter a lot of people from wanting to continue yeah just like when uh it's it just too dangerous in my opinion I, I think I don't think that's my personal opinion is I don't think that is a, a responsible thing to do. Yeah, I, I, I won't even do it. I won't even think about it. So with um, say, a, let's let's use the, the model 10 point crossbow that my girlfriend has. She has the, the 10 point shadow NXT. Does that sound right? Sounds about right. Something like that. Uh, maybe it's not shadow. I don't know. Something NXT. Turbo XLT something like that. So um, what are some things that folks should be doing to their crossbows to make them um, more reliable or, or perform better straight out of the pack? Well, first of all, you, you, you need to, it's just like everything else. It's like you're buying a car, a few things and you ask yourself, are you going to shoot it three, four times and call it a year? Or are you going to really enjoy shooting this out there and then enjoy shooting an afternoon with your kids or with your girlfriend and simply enjoy shooting and see who can hit the dot better and longer distance? Let's assume it's Those going to be are, shot a lot. Yeah, if you're going to shot a lot, then absolutely at that moment, that the, first of all, you need the maintenance and the understanding the piece of equipment. It becomes critical. Just like if you drive a car once in a while and drive the car a lot, you know you're going to have something that's going to wear. That's an absolute fact. To be fair with you, the just like everything we did in vertical bow, is is absolutely true in crossbow. So the best thing you can do is that get the get the best arrow you can. And yes, I know it sounds like advertising, but gosh, the arrow concept arrows for crossbows just make everything different. And not to mention arrowing because you are now facing aerodynamics. That's the reason when Scorpion first came up with the four hundred and twenty feet per second crossbow. The moment I show them arrow concept and, and also the veins, it make all the difference in the world. Because right now, where you are, you're, you're above 315. You have all the speed you want. The direction of arrow, the indexing, everything. That's reason from that point is actually where yours truly cut our teeth, cut my teeth with all the design and bring it back to the vertical ball. Now with the vertical ball, somebody able to shoot truly 300, they seeing some of the problems, some of the benefits. But in the case of crossbow, have you seen any crossbow nowadays less than 375 years ago? <laughs> no, I haven't. So what does that mean? That means everything we said about is critical and absolutely need to be dealt with. So you, I remember when Tech 15 comes out, what most people did is they go and buy three dozens of arrow. They shoot until they take the 
pressure shop tuning and do all this air rest tuning and finally get the bow right, put in uh, one whisker biscuit to uh, drop away rest and then cow a three dozen arrow to nine arrows. That is how those guys got one inch at a hundred yards. Same thing with, I mean, think about it. Your form is no longer married. Now it's the bow to the bow to arrow connection. So anything and everything you learn in vertical bow, it become even more critical in crossbow. And can you extend the distance? The distance of the vertical bow and the bow and the crossbow in the season hand, I, ideally they are the same. Because at the end of the day, you're still dealing with an archery projectile, which are flex, aerodynamics, and also indexing issue. Sure, that makes sense. If somebody tell you they can shoot a crossbow at 200 yards, uh, they're pretty much lying to you because the, your scope won't do that high. You need an HHJ side with a full scope, and then you need to pretty much shoot at the same target four to five times to adjust because you're aiming way high. Yeah. I don't care even shoot 500 feet per second. You had to aim about like 14 feet above the target to shoot it, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> if you look at a vertical line, that's how low you get. Then the next thing you know, your scope is looking at your barrel. So I think those guys, we need to go out and shoot. And before they say, oh, I can shoot 150 and beyond. No, you couldn't. If you do that, you need a lot of special equipment, specialty arrows and so on. Yeah. And all, all the equipment that you do. I mean, like this year, I got customer who literally come to me and show me the $1,200 scope. I say, that don't do you any good. Because if you tune your bow and arrow correctly, your arrow will give flat to 35 yards. And you're not going to shift part that. What's the point of having a laser automatic range finder scope? You just add a complexion and weight. Yeah. I yeah, mean, at that, I, at I that mean, point, just simplify it. Get a super simple, lightweight um, scope that can do like the bare minimum and just right. put, the, put it on the animal and shoot it. Correct, because see the crossbow trajectory with the right arrow is pretty flat, especially when you're dealing with an arrow with like arrow bolt with my arrow bolt three with arrow vein three. Your your twenty is going to be twenty, thirty is going to be thirty, your forty is going to be forty, fifty is going to be the same because all of a sudden the arrows are going flat. So if you want to shoot past fifty yards, then just like every single archery equipment, you need to. It's not the equipment can't do it; it's you now. Yeah, you because it's just like how. Yeah, it's like, did you have enough, solid enough platform for you to pull the trigger? Or do you have the skill to hold the bow correctly? Or last, you range with the laser range finder. Do you know how your arrow actually dropped? See, a lot of people like a traditional arrow because then they will drag and speed. The arrow will drop regularly, but you lost a lot in the whole process. Compared to using air concept and uh, yeah, and and. and, and Correct. Just like people say, it's a lot more complicated. But just like everything else, you get the benefit of uh, of circular lift. You get a benefit of gyroscopic reactions. And yeah. that's in in crossbow that really really showed up big time. Yeah, I can't I mean, imagine. Like, I can't imagine. I mean, just like Dave, when he when when we when we shoot the tomahawk at a hundred yards through a bottle on one of those high speed video, which we can see on Vital Limit. It's, it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah i i mean being a compound shooter and seeing the benefits out past 50 or 60 yards for me 
with a compound bow, I can't imagine what it would do to a crossbow platform. Well, I mean, I, I remember uh, next time maybe I will pull my my great customer who is a, who is whose day job is a strawberry grower. I would oh. tell him, yeah, he he uh, he's a he's an owner of Double A Archery, and he would tell you a lot of his customer after he built him all the arrow concept one for two oh four. One customer have taken what three deers over one hundred and twenty yards. Man, so it's it's getting real. Yeah, because now. The confidence building, the actual knowing the equipment, just like you. I mean, you have been shooting some of my arrows for a while now. That kind, that kind of confidence building, you can't put a dollar sign on it. No, yeah, you can't. And when it comes to archery in any fashion, confidence is key. And being confident in your abilities, knowing that your equipment can handle, uh, knowing what your equipment can handle, like that, that pair, that match, it's it's pretty pretty important right i mean you should see how many people surprised oh i can shoot 40 yards and within one inch that's with a crossbow you're supposed to yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what those are designed to do right but then you find out after about 25 shots the arrows are going on its own what does that mean spine broke your down your 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 no it's the cables are stretching oh yeah yeah so all of a sudden where did your confidence go Oh, you lost it. Exactly. So that's the reason if you look at 90% of the video out there on the people shooting a crossbow when they shot a deer, it's like, oh my God, I shot it. It's like, you're supposed to. When you put a scope <laughs> on it, you pull the trigger, you're supposed to. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, it was so funny that people like, oh, it's like, oh my God, I shot it. I cannot believe I shot it. Why wouldn't you? You're yeah. supposed to. Right. <laughs> that's a good point. So, so I think a lot of people in the crossbow world, I really think that before they buy any crossbow or they just want to buy something they shoot on the side, just buy something for fun. Then don't expect to shoot over 30 yards. I mean, technically, I would say the old under $500 crossbow is like your round ball muskets. Your $1,000 crossbow is like your Remingtons. Your 3000 well-tuned package is like your Weatherby with the Schmidt and Bender scope. I think that's the best way to describe those. Yeah. If you're really good. in, if you're really, in, and then of course, for the guy who are really like, uh, what you call it, uh, competition shooters, guess where I put it, put the most money in? Reload. Yeah. And custom grips. That's where come into play. That's where those guys will bring their, that stalker for a thousand dollars or the Raven out and come to my shop. Yes, they may pay eight hundred to a thousand dollar for the used bow, but they're gonna drop two grand in my shop. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. But they will go home with something that they really like. There's reason when you got a chance to talk to one of our our what do you call it the uh, certified train finder dealer like Dave Murray or uh or, or, or what's another guy? Um the guy in Hoodie doing a very, very good. That will be Adrian out of the horse archery. They are just, they are so good at what they do. So they can really help them to do something fantastic. Because oh. just like everything else, you need to think about it. in today's crossbow world, it's very much like in a car world where you have a Jaguar XS or a Alfa Romeo. You need a good dealer to help you. Because the, the knowledge is not simple. 
and I mean, just like even vertical ball, people thought that, like myself back in, uh, what, 1988, I think I know enough. I'm a mechanically capable. No. You need to find somebody who actually know what they're doing to help you. Yeah. The moment you do that, you'll save you years of pain. And should I tell, should I remind you, I shoot uh, off cam Oneida for six years before I find out it was wrong. <laughs> you know how stupid that sounds? <laughs> how else would you know, though? You gotta learn. Well, how? I mean, you don't know what you don't know what you don't know. That's right. the problem. Yeah. I mean, you know, Sam, in so many shops, like who's I'm, 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 I'm gonna not gonna name shops, but I know a few of them. The reason they stopped selling Raven because customer when the Raven. Warranty expired. By the way, the R9, R10, R15, R20, all four bowls, the warranty already expired. So you're on your own now. Wow. And they try to get it fixed, get it modified, to improve, and no shop want to deal with it. Because they don't... See, what happened is a most shop right now, they behave like I call it the, uh, the box syndrome. I sell you a box, you go home. If you've got a problem, bring it back in a box or I mail it to the factory. And I will mail you back the box again. Yeah. They have nothing to do in the middle. Right. I think that's the reason I really think that for anybody of you out there, if you get a good shop that you can trust and actually you know they know what you're doing, you are so lucky in the archery world. Yeah, they're hard to come because by. They, yes, they are very, very hard to come by. And there's too many junk shop out there. What I call it, they are box skip, they're the box pushers. Yeah, I mean, think I, about it. I, I literally got shops who tell me, Dodge, I don't want to sell your stuff. Why? Your customer asks too much questions. I spend too much time with them. No, I literally a, got one shop owner tell me that. That's a shame. It is indeed a shame. Because I think that's more. what pro shops do, do. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. So if you find a good shop that, that's the reason I'm very, very, uh, what you call it, uh, choosy when i found a certified train shop begin to train because i'm going to spend time with them yeah well is there anything else you want to cover here on the, on the crossbow stuff we've been going for about an hour oh well i think the best thing for people to do again a crossbow is not a magic bullet you need to learn what it does just like everything else in life if you want to enjoy it not just pick it up and choose it when and put it back down like a like a christmas turkey knife and fork <laughs> you need to know the stuff <laughs> I think that's because you, you need to be you need to learn how to use that knife yourself trying to show people people your brand new knife and fork that's not the way that's not ethical to the animal you're going to shoot at I agree I think uh, well next time next conversation let's talk about some bolt specifics some uh, vein specifics and, and we'll dive more into what people can do to, to better enhance their performance of their crossbow so yeah, actually, see, just uh, for people to think about it, again, it is not vein-specific. It's not bow-specific. It's actually start with broadhead-specific yeah, because well, that is where the leading point is. So sure. we'll go back. We'll go from there. Cool. All right? Sounds good, Dorge. Tell Tony I said hello. And, yes, uh, I will. I hope you guys have a good time there this week. Yes, I will do some testing again. It's just like we mentioned. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, I'll let you be.